Good afternoon. It's just about to go 12 p.m. and that means it's time for the MoneyWeb at Midday Show. I'm Warren Thompson. Coming up on the show today, it's very full. Uh, we will be speaking first to Anglo Gold Shanti Chairman Sipo Pachana, who uh, gives us his thoughts on uh, uh, Venkat's resignation and legacy at Anglo Gold, uh, the state of the business and the search for a new CEO. That will be followed by Anish Ruplal, uh, a, a director from Sizwe in Saluba Gabodo, who has uh, now been or has been in the position of curator of uh, VBS Mutual Bank for the last four weeks. Uh, we got his thoughts a little bit earlier regarding what had transpired at the bank as well as uh, what is going to be happening to KPMG uh, and PwC. Uh, and then following that, we will be talking markets with Rowan Williams from Nitrogen Fund Managers. But just bear in mind that this show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. MoneyWeb has a unique opportunity for financial advisors. Through our Click and Advisor offering, advisors can interact with a growing investor-based audience and attract new clients. To find out more, visit www.moneyweb.co.za. You're back with the Midday Show. A little bit, uh, actually, in fact, yesterday I caught up with Anglo Gold Ashanti Chairman Sipa Pachana in response to the news that its CEO, uh, Venkat, would be resigning and joining Vedanta Resources uh, in September, uh, it was a time to look back and uh, reflect on how the company had changed, the changes that uh, Venkat had brought to the company, as well as the uh, search for the new CEO. Uh, and I spoke to Sipo Pichana uh, at length yesterday, and this is what he had to say. Venkat's departure is, of course, uh, sad for the organization. Um, we would have uh, liked him to keep him, would, wouldn't want to have such a fantastic uh, executive leader uh, in place, but he's done a great deal of um, um, uh, uh, work for this organization over the past period of 18 years, particularly in the last five years as a CEO. And I think that um, he leaves a fantastic legacy of single-minded focus on on a strategy that has been had been defined uh, with the board, um, which yielded fantastic results. Uh, among those, of course, is that um, safety, as you know, is a big issue in mining sector. And we now, uh, even though uh, a death uh, anywhere in our environment is one too many, but um, under Venkat, for the first time, uh, safety fatalities uh, dropped to single digits. Uh, we continue to aspire for zero harm uh, to all of our employees. All-in costs dropped by 30%, overhead expenditure dropped by 60%, and our debt position um, dropped by, by 30%, productivity improved by 26%. That, all of that in a context of uh, uh, when it took over of uh, a gold price that uh, virtually collapsed uh, and came down by about 30%. So he, he really ensured that the business holds together um, without having to tap the equity market and dilute shareholders. It's a fantastic leadership uh, that he has demonstrated to the organization. We now can comfortably claim that our strategy of a self-sustaining gold company, which is firmly focused on creating long-term value for its shareholders through disciplined capital allocation, is, is in place. And the other important thing is that uh, Venkat is, uh, has focused very firmly in changing the culture of the organization. 
by uh, deploying and employing the values that we all agreed to, being an organization that adheres to high ethical standards, uh, respect for each other, etc., etc. Okay, I think uh, particularly from where I, I sat, uh, Mr. Pichana, uh, the company has evolved uh, quite dramatically in terms of where its assets are located. Uh, while I understand that uh, Venkat did not initiate that, mm-hmm. it certainly has uh, you certainly accelerated the fact that you now have a portfolio of assets uh, spread across the world and certainly uh, has opened up uh, new areas for Anglo Gold Ashanti. Absolutely. Uh, we now, uh, as I speak to you, uh, produce under 15% of our gold in South Africa. The rest we produce from other parts of the world. But similarly, we have uh, over 70% of our shareholders um, uh, coming from other parts of the world. Uh, This does suggest that this has been a period of uh, quite deliberate positioning of the company as a global company on the back of a pursuit of assets, by the way, good uh, assets, um, and and ensuring that uh, the portfolio mix of the business is fantastic. Where we are today is that we have uh, growth optionality arising from excellent projects that we have uh, uh, that we have on our portfolio, um, and and what Venkat has done is that uh, by reducing debt and doing a whole range of these other things, he has reduced our exposure to costly and 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 highly loss-making uh, uh, projects, and and we can then leverage that uh, strong balance sheet that he has created over time to pursue those excellent optionalities that we have and uh, position the company better and indeed realize uh, improved value. Would that, would that, uh, that, uh, that belt tightening that you referred to, and I, I called it uh, the panel beating of, of the Anglo Gold balance sheet, which was, uh, which was definitely required, do you, do you think that will go down as, as the highlight of, of his tenure as CEO? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, the cost profile of uh, of our operations has changed for the best. Um, and he has, uh, uh, anybody you talk to will tell you that uh, he has brought immense discipline in cost management, in where our scarce capital goes, um, and focusing on ensuring that it only gets deployed where there are best returns. And there is no special consideration for any projects. We we apply those investment principles across the board. And, and that's why the business is so well positioned uh, like it had never been at any time in its history. Okay, just to be balanced, uh, Mr. Pichana, as, as I must as a journalist, uh, uh, to me the low light or the disappointment of his tenure was uh, the events that uh, surrounded the Obawasi uh, gold mine. Uh, the company could not do a deal with Rand Gold and, and the situ- situation deteriorated uh, quite badly there uh, under Venkat's watch. Do you think that would be uh, the low light uh, from your perspective? Well, I wouldn't say that it were low light on, 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 on Venkat's part because the reasons why uh, the joint venture with uh, uh, Rand Gold could not be done uh, is, is twofold. One uh, to do with uh, the previous government that uh, wouldn't engage with uh, Rand Gold, which, as you know, is one of um, a very strong performers and we sought uh, to bring on board as a, as a partner. Um, the second, con- the second con- co- cause for that is that they had 
come to the party hoping that uh, they could improve on our plans. Um, and, and they found, in fact, that uh, the plans that we had put in place and the business case that we had developed, developed to, to, to move on that project were robust um, and that they, they had nothing to add, uh, therefore. So, so clearly it was a vindication of the strategy that we decided to pursue as we're looking for a joint venture partner. We, we, we feel that uh, Obuasi is one of uh, the top uh, offerings, if you like, in terms of the excellent projects that we have. Uh, the new government has uh, uh, reached very good agreements that are mutually beneficial. I met with the president of Ghana in the, about two, three weeks ago, and he said uh, the agreements that we've reached that would enable uh, the project to be proceeded with are beneficial both to Ghanaians and to the company. And to me, that was heartwarming. In large measure, it had a lot to do with Venkat and the team that he worked with to ensure that that project is put on a best footing. Okay, great. Uh, Mr. Pachana, just a last question uh, to, to round out. Uh, what is Anglo Gold Ashanti going to be looking for in its next CEO? Well, we, we would, what we'll be looking for is somebody who will show appreciation for the strategy that we've developed, as you know, that has served us so well in the past five years um, and, and saw us take some very tough and painful decisions to improve the positioning of the company. Uh, secondly, somebody who would appreciate and subscribe to our values. Uh, we, 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 we're not rather less. We, we have these twin tracks the strategy and our values, and somebody who will appreciate that uh, with exceptional pipeline of projects, we're well poised for the kind of new growth platform that uh, uh, is needed. So if we have somebody with those qualities, including somebody who appreciates the, what we have in our people um, and would show sensitivity in dealing with um, our varied stakeholders, which include communities, uh, trade unions, governments, and and, and, and and shareholders. That would be the right person for this for this role. Great. Have you got uh, some strong internal candidates? As you know, uh, we spend a lot of time on uh, succession planning. Uh, the people issues are, are major issues in our business. And as a result of that, uh, we are confident that uh, we have um, uh, strong internal candidates but as uh, it is our responsibility to our shareholders and uh, it is our fiduciary responsibility, we always prefer to um, uh, uh, have a healthy competition. Uh, so the search will be both internal and external and it will be global. So we'll be looking for the best candidate that we can find for, for, for the role. That was Sipa Puchana, the chairman of Anglo Gold, the Shanti, talking about uh, the company's search for a new CEO. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that one. And then just to get straight into the next segment of the show, uh, a little bit earlier we spoke to VBS uh, Mutual Bank curator Anoush Ruplal, uh, just to get his uh, thoughts on what had developed uh, under his curatorship, where he has been for the last four weeks, as well as the role of KPMG as the external auditor and PwC as the internal auditor. This is what he had to say. Thank you, Warren, um, and good day to you and the listeners. Yes, so we were appointed as curator of BBS Mutual Bank uh, with effect from the 11th of March 2018. So what was uh, initially um, 
thought or perceived to be a liquidity um, crisis has now emerged into something more. Our primary role was to um, stabilize the bank um, under the mechanism of a curatorship, and then which ultimately would uh, allow us to restore the bank. And then that's been our primary role and still continues to be our primary role. At the outset, you, you described the situation as the bank facing a liquidity crisis. Uh, you mentioned that uh, a number of municipalities and other depositors had placed money with the bank on, uh, on short notice. And uh, and had extended uh, the bank had then extended long term loans with that capital, but uh, the situation has evolved from there. Just describe what has happened uh, and what else has developed at the bank um, after that uh, initial assessment. Yes, so the business model of um, taking in um, short dated uh, municipal or corporate deposits to fund long dated advances was in itself, uh, you know, what the Reserve Bank then termed as risky business. Um, following our detailed assessments uh, around the bank and its operations, uh, we then found that there were instances of uh, mismanagement of the bank and poor governance in the bank. Um, so, as a result, we, you know, like I did, as I mentioned earlier, it's now moved from being a liquidity crisis to to other matters that the curatorship is having to deal with. Okay, uh, just on that note, uh, you uh, just to give us a perspective of how big the bank is and its and the size of its balance sheet. I understand that the the assets that the bank had uh, were approximately two point three billion rand uh, when you got involved. Is that is that about right? Uh, that is correct. That is uh, that is a. Uh, uh, the size of the bank as we understand it to be uh, when we took over. So VBS Mutual Bank is, is, is not a large bank, uh, but it is an important bank. You know, it has its roots uh, in the Limpopo province around, you know, uh, and, and banking a lot of the vendor uh, people. Um, so that, that gives you a sense of how big the bank is and, and, and where its, its origins uh, are from. Can you give us an idea as to uh, what percentage of the banks are you at liberty to tell us what percentage of the banks you under, uh, the bank's loans uh, were performing or non-performing? Um, at this point in time, I can share that we have uh, various advances books uh, that the bank has extended credit on. Uh, there is a mortgage book. Um, there is, and, and this has been available in the financial statements, but we're talking about a mortgage book of about 400, 420 million rands. We got an, uh, a vehicle finance book of about 180 million rand, and we then have two other books. Uh, one being the contract finance book, and we offer overdrafts as well, and 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 those vary as well to a few hundred million. Uh, I don't have the exact numbers on hand, but uh, I think from our assessments, there has been a, a larger element of what we believe the book to be non-performing. I'm not a little bit to say exactly what that is because we are running through the process as well as part of our year and audit process and further understanding, getting a better understanding, further understanding of the book. Okay, so we've got, uh, we had some very interesting developments over the weekend. Uh, number one, uh, obviously, uh, following a meeting with uh, yourself, uh, KPMG instituted an investigation into uh, two of its directors that were involved with the external audit of the bank. Those two directors resigned uh, with immediate effect on Friday when presented with those disciplinary charges. Uh, And then, uh, of course, yesterday you withdrew the financial statements of the bank to end March 2017. Are you expecting uh, or is there a good chance that you might need to withdraw previous year's financial statements as well? 
At this point in time, uh, uh, we are only aware of mis- misstatements in the 2017 financial statement. Uh, and because we became aware of those, uh, we made a decision, a decision to withdraw those financial statements. Um, and that decision is necessary in order to avoid uh, reliance being placed by a user on a set of financial statements that's, uh, that's incorrect. Uh, so there was a precaution that we took. Uh, at this point in time, I'm not aware of uh, the other years, or in other words, uh, years before 2017 being misstated. Uh, but nonetheless, we are running through the process of assessing continuously as to you know, where there are errors and, and where there are issues that we have to deal with. Okay, you. There was also a notable development. I think uh, it would have been Business Insider first reported that uh, uh, PwC you had terminated or sus- rather suspended uh, their contract as the bank's internal auditor. Just for the benefit of the audience, tell us what the role of PwC as the as VBS's internal auditor uh, was uh, set out as. Uh, Exactly that. Uh, PwC are the internal auditors. Uh, When I took over my function and duties as the curator, um, I think one of the initial things I needed to do was understand who the key service providers to the bank were. Um, So PwC uh, have been doing, from what I understand, uh, a normal routine internal audit function. In addition, they have been doing various other uh, aspects of advisory work for the bank. Uh, given the bank's financial position, um, I had to uh, suspend any work that they were busy with, and this was purely due to the financial position of the bank. I am still in the process of, assess- of assessing uh, the scope of their work and, and what, what it is they've done uh, in order to provide uh, assurance as an assurance provider in, in the whole process. Okay, well, but what does an internal auditor do at a, at a bank uh, generally, uh, Mr. Rublal? Yes, so the internal auditor acts as a, as a line of defense. Uh, in, in the industry, we talk of combined assurance, uh, you know, and I think the three line of defenses. So typically, management would provide the first line of defense of picking up and addressing and assessing any risk. Um, inter- and then you would have a, a risk management function. That's an important function of the assurance provider, and that's an internal-based function. The internal audit function is usually can be outsourced uh, and usually is insourced. Uh, it just depends on the size and nature of the business. Uh, internal audit normally would uh, work within a defined uh, mandate and scope of uh, assessing risks in an organization, in this case, the bank. And they would then perform various internal audit uh, procedures to provide uh, assurance or comfort uh, to the audit committee regarding uh, risks and the state of affairs of the bank. So that is what typically one would expect internal audit to do uh, in their function as or in their capacity as internal auditors. Okay, great. Uh, and then just uh, just uh, just finally, I guess around KPMG, have you terminated? their services as, as the bank's external auditors, or uh, how do you go about uh, making that decision? Yeah, so that's something I'm uh, continuously assessing. Um, we have um, made our concerns, uh, we have made KPMG aware of our concern, uh, and I think they have responded. Uh, we have also written um, to the RRBA, uh, setting out matters that we believe they need to be aware of as far as the external audit function is concerned. And, uh, yeah, we will continue to engage, uh, to engage with them and to assess uh, the relationship going forward with KPMG. Uh, that is as much as I can and, uh, say at this point in time. Okay, and, uh, and just to clarify, there, there's been no, uh, no, no crim- criminal charges filed against uh, uh, any of the parties involved in this, uh, in this uh, situation as yet. 
At this point, there isn't any criminal charges that has been filed. Um, I think it's important to highlight that uh, based on the recommendations that the curatorship team put forward to the Reserve Bank, uh, the Reserve Bank then appointed the, uh, the investigator uh, under the watchful eye of advocate uh, Terry Motau. So that's an independent process that is running and looking into uh, various aspects, and they will make their findings available to both the Reserve Bank and myself in due course, as in then they uh, obviously complete their, uh, their investigation. Uh, as a curator, I certainly welcome that. I think it's something that will aid the curatorship process. Um, if anything, if there are assets that have uh, you know, been misappropriated or, uh, misappropriated or otherwise, that can only benefit the bank uh, in the sense that the bank will recover assets and ultimately it's the creditors that would, would gain from that okay. and the depositors as well. Okay, great. Uh, one last question, Mr. Ruplal. Uh, your top priority for the next few weeks, what is that? My main priority it remains to uh, stabilize the bank and to uh, restore the bank. Uh, and uh, my primary duty is to the depositors and the creditors. And I'm looking more so to the uh, retail creditors because that's if I look at and analyze the bank, uh, the retail depositors uh, really is the core constituency of the bank. Uh, that is the history of the bank. That's where the bank has started from. And we're look, really looking to make sure that the retail depositors can resume business, uh, you know, as fully uh, on a full, fully normal basis. Right. That was uh, Anoush Ruplal, uh, the curator of VBS Mutual Bank. All right, time to get into the markets today. The All Share Index half a percentage weaker at the moment, 56,449 points. And it's pretty much misery across the bourse with the industrials down half a percent, financials down one third of a percent. Gold mining uh, absolutely getting smacked at the moment, down almost 4%. And uh, resources down half a percent. Behind NASPAS as the most traded, sh- most traded share on the JSE is uh, British American Tobacco. Followed by followed closely by Richmond, Standard Bank, and Barclays Africa Group, uh, or otherwise known as ABSA. Uh, in terms of the currencies today, uh, the rand has made a little bit of ground against the U.S. dollar, trading at 12 rand four cents. Uh, it's up about one fifth of a percent. It's uh, down half a percent against the pound at 17 rand 23, and down one fifth of a percent against the euro at 14 rand 90. Gold's at 1,342 dollars an ounce. Uh, platinum at $924 an ounce, down one-third of a percent. Palladium marginally in the green at $987 an ounce. Here to discuss the markets with me is Rowan Williams, who joins me by telephone. Good uh, afternoon, Rowan. Afternoon, Warren. Have you been keeping an eye on Murray and Roberts? Uh, and I, uh, that was probably a bit of a hypothetical question because I know you would be. Um, what is developing there? Yeah, so that has been quite interesting. Um, I guess it's been a while since we've had sort of a bit of a juicy uh, takeover story going on in the hostile, market. So, hostile so, takeover, Ron. We have to throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> Polite, yeah. but hostile. Depends who you ask. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, Aton, I guess, have made an unwelcome approach uh, and they've gone directly to the Murray and Robert shareholders uh, at a 15 rand per share um, offer which um, some investors seem to feel is uh, fair and reasonable. The board um, and the special committee do not, and uh, some large institutional investors also feel it uh, quite uh, significantly undervalues the business. So we've seen Alan Gray uh, reducing their stake and selling to, to Aton at the 15 rand a share mark, and then 
uh, Old Mutual and uh, PIC saying the offer is too low and they're not going to accept the offer. So we have actually seen the PIC buying up some shares and increasing their stake to 20%. So it does look, uh, in the short term, Aton has gone over 40%. Uh, they were looking to get control. That may prove difficult, but it has uh, obviously been positive for the uh, Murray and Roberts share price, and that is uh, firming around the 15 rand level, which is clearly a base now, and I guess has potential to move up from here. How many shares do Aton have at the moment? Just to just, uh, remind us. Yeah, so uh, they have moved to just over 40%. Um, 40, okay shareholding, which is quite significant. Obviously, they did uh, pick up two large tranches from Alan Gray. Alan Gray's gone to just around 4%. So that's been uh, where they've picked up shares recently. Interestingly, they've gone over the 35% threshold in terms of having to make a offer to minorities, but they had made an offer in any event um, at the uh, 15 rand mark. So uh, that does indicate that, yeah, that will be a sort of a minimum and a, a price floor and I guess it's up to each individual shareholders. Um, they don't, they've got some time to wait to see, I guess, how things progress. But it does seem that there is value in the business uh, clearly above the 15 rand mark. When does the offer close uh, and, uh, and how does it get resolved now? Because obviously, Aton have to get to 50% plus one share uh, in order to uh, take control. Uh, so how does this kind of wind up? So um, they have released the um, circular which uh, governs the terms of the offer um, I think it is sometime in May that uh, the uh, shareholders the, the Murray and Roberts shareholders can accept uh, the offer at 15 Rand so they would tender their shares to, to Aton Aton would tally up all of those uh, tenders and see if they go above the 50% that was one of their conditions in the initial um, proposal in terms of that they would want to trigger that before they um, actually uh, fulfilled the offer of 15 rand. So, uh, but it it seems that um, Aton is a willing buyer at 15 rand because subsequent to the sort of initial offer, they have been buying in any event in the market at 15 rand. So it's made a little bit more fluid. So um, it doesn't obviously the shares trading above 15 rand in any event. So it seems that you know if shareholders wanted to get 15 rand, they could just sell it in the market right now. So, but. Um, I guess the offer, obviously, that Atron has made is still um, uh, is, is valid, and uh, that process, I guess, will come to an end. And, and the sort of uh, when the dust settles, uh, um, we'll tally up and see what Atron uh, owns, whether they have got over their 50% thre- threshold or not. But it seems in the short term they're not going to be able to uh, delist the company or possibly take control. It'll be interesting to see what, what actually transpires. Rona, you you keeping an eye on the volumes traded in Marion Roberts because that would that would indicate perhaps that they are going to get close to that uh, 50% perhaps before even the, the, the uh, offer comes to a close? Yeah, I think what it's going to be is a little bit dynamic is um, really, uh, obviously, if maybe we see um, a market sell-off and people get a little bit nervous over the sort of um, uh, market, uh, the offer period, uh, I guess, and it drops below the 15 rand a share sort of in terms of trading, then there would be likely more people sort of short-term arbitrageurs that have just picked up a stake um, and are just willing to take the 15 rand. So, yes, the the volumes traded do give you an idea. For example, today it's only done just over 50,000 shares, which is, hardly anything. So right. it's got very quiet. Um, there was quite a lot of activity, obviously, in the run-up uh, to this. 
So, but it's, yeah, it's uh, it's it's hard to say. They do have to get quite a number of shares to get over the 50% mark, another 10% of the company. So it is quite significant. Uh, have you got thoughts on which way this is going to go? Well, I think uh, it looks like um, I think some of the investors that we're going to sell have, have sold, and uh, given that you can sell now at uh, 15 rand a share, you know those uh, ones that were willing to sell at that price are are likely to sell. I think they'll probably fall short of of the 50% threshold, so it'll leave it sort of in the short term a little bit of a deadlock, and um, they will Aslan will get some board seats. Um, and then they're going to have to work um, with the, the board and uh, with um, other institutional shareholders in looking to maximize value for the company. So don't uh, don't burn your bridges ahead of uh, any partnership you may have to form with the uh, the management team yeah. there. Uh, interesting development there. Uh, just to update uh, the audience, uh, Marion Roberts is squared 15 rand a share on the market at the moment, down almost half a percent. So interesting to keep uh, track of that one. Just uh, very quickly, Ron, uh, very interesting trading update out of Cartrack. Uh, well, interesting in the fact that the share price is up almost seven and a half percent to eighteen rand seven and a half percent to eighteen rand thirty. There, uh, they provided a fairly upbeat uh, trading update. Yeah, so it's sort of a little bit under the radar. Um, the business that doesn't have the uh, the hugest free float, so it's not very liquid. So it's obviously not that well followed by institutional investors. But does look like a very neat uh, operation. Um, and the the trading update, I guess, given sort of the the market conditions generally and economic conditions we've been experiencing, pretty positive. Uh, minimum of 16% increase in HEPs, up to 19% increase in HEPs, which is very healthy. And uh, the shares sort of uh, reacting, but uh, they do need to. I think if they want to have the share more closely followed, uh, is look to increase the uh, the liquidity in the share. I think uh, management have been looking to do that and uh, been undertaking some roadshows. So um, it would be nice to see more sort of uh, liquidity in the share and enable some uh, institutional investor interest and, and support for the share. All right, great. Uh, very interesting uh, talking, Ron, and I'm sure we'll be catching up around uh, Marion Roberts and other developments in the future. Thanks, Warren. That was Rowan Williams from Nitrogen Fund Managers. Remember that this show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. Numerology studies tell us that numbers have symbolic meaning. Number eight stands for success, four is stability, and three represents advantage. These qualities, over and above trust, ethics, and leadership, are embraced by CASA, the leading accounting, auditing, and tax business designation underpinned by ethical standards, delivering responsible business leadership to take your business to number one. Because business is more than just numbers. CASA, leaders in business. That brings us to the end of the show. Remember the English and Afrikaans speaking uh, business shows by MoneyWeb. Uh, get going at 6 p.m. on SAFM and RSG. Be sure to tune into those. I'll be back with more tomorrow at the same time. Cheers for now. 